137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal. This is a very special news break episode number 294. I am Sean, and as you can see, I am wearing a full t-shirt because, God forbid, I wore a fucking spaghetti strap again. And with me, as always, is Preston. Preston, buddy, how are you, sir? What's up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crococoons and crocodingos, you skeletors and skeletons? I don't know. I mean, spaghetti strap, I chopped a little bit. I didn't think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I said I chopped a little. I wasn't like solid yeah. hard. I wasn't like fantasizing about, you know, your honey butter voice and your armpits and, you, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your arms. Sure, but, sure. I mean, I, I did slightly like, you know, like ooh la la. So. <laughs> I mean, you could have done it again. I was going to make a joke that you didn't chub too big because the size of your manhood, but, you know, I'm not a child, so yeah. I'll leave that where it lay. You know, the good the good thing uh, good thing about that is the future generations progress and get older, and they go back in, and they, they actually, stu- you know, do the study and uh, me- measure the, you know, swinging dicks. Uh, you know, <laughs> when we were teenagers, uh, you know, like, six inches that was considered like average and then uh you know uh from then on up was like large extra large and you know you're basically bbc baby uh so now they're redoing uh, yeah they're redoing that study and uh, average for the modern society is like five inches so you know like prior i was no i was no rock star but if this trend keeps keeps going all i'm saying is I, I no longer have to lie and say that i'm packing a big one because technically uh with the uh, modern society i would be packing a large one and uh you know let's i'm gonna leave it at that so you make your small dick jokes all you want in a couple years they're gonna be irrelevant because uh i'm gonna be a, a you know a bc bbc <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think it's a bwc you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but I just realized my uh, my light's not on. I don't know where my battery pack is for my little podcast light, so I'll be dark today. Well, but that's well. quite all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if the intro music music was playing uh, with the scene or whatever, and uh, you know, like I'm I'm just a little bit under the weather. Fall is coming. <laughs> like my my, you know, yeah. the, remember the Mean Girls? How every time it rains, like her nipple got hard. Like whenever fall is coming. Uh, my body just basically goes into shutdown mode, and uh, mm. so I'm here to tell you within a couple of weeks it will be the spooky season. So, yeah, you yeah. are walking a spooky barometer, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. that's all right, man. Um, our regular scheduled episode for tonight has to be postponed because we want to jump in here and talk about all this weird shit going on in Peru and with the um, the Mexican disclosure. Um, committee meeting that happened a couple days ago so we're going to go back to talking about weird animals that don't belong next week but we wanted to jump in here and talk about a couple things so this episode is going to be fast it's going to be loose and um, that's about all I can say who knows how long it'll be but on this special episode we're going to jump into first 
the Peruvian <clears throat> man, puberty. Speaking of yeah. fake jokes, the Peruvian face peelers. Go ahead so and give back them a tug, baby. Mid- Pull them down a little bit. Oh, yeah. So back in mid-July, locals in Alto Nene, a hamlet of about 3,000 people in the northern Amazon basin in Peru, started reporting seeing these weird armored and floating seven-foot-tall aliens said to be wearing dark-colored hoods flying around and bothering them since mid-July. Some claim the creatures were even impervious to bullets. So they were said to have mangled, mechanical-looking faces, bright, glowing eyes, and were oftentimes seen hovering or floating several feet off the ground. So, being as they were, many speculated that this was the fabled face peeler, a local superstition. Or some kind of, you know, green goblin, as it might be. We'll come back to that in a minute. The leader of the Ikutu which is an indigenous people who live in the region named Jairo Rigaguari Avila, said he was the first to call reporting these aliens to a local radio station, saying they were frightening the people of his village and also other members of neighboring communities. He said, I've shot him twice and he does not fall, but he rises and then quickly disappears. Things got bad enough eventually because reportedly these creatures were getting ballsy and getting closer and closer to the public areas, and eventually a 15-year-old was reportedly cut on the neck in one of the attacks and required hospital treatment later. So the Akutu community has asked the military to intervene, and citizens have organized night patrols to find the attackers because more and more people as time goes by are being attacked and sent to hospitals. Well, as it turns out, the near-month-long saga has a more terrestrial explanation, and it's actually not aliens, but instead a local band of illegal gold miners and gang members that are using state-of-the-art jetpacks to reach more unattainable areas in the dense jungle near Nene to mine for gold, because apparently... In Alto Nene, it's very rich in gold, especially the deposits down near the riverbeds where these floating alien creatures were oftentimes seen floating. The local government officials said that they would be using state-of-the-art technology in this case, such as thrusters that allow people to fly, night vision goggles, breathing apparatuses, and in some cases, full-body armor. So if you can imagine, basically, we're out here in the Amazon. We don't really know a whole lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, broader technology. And all of a sudden we look up and we see basically fucking Norman Osborn from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man just floating up with body armor and this weird, you know, apparatus on his face. We fire off a couple of rounds, doesn't do anything. And so we run back to the village screaming, holy shit, these are the fucking face peelers. I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's basically... A illegal gold mining going on over here in these areas and to better attain the gold they've got fucking bootleg jetpacks which apparently are not that hard to get a hold of and in some cases they're out there seen floating and flying they've got body armor on so someone fires off a couple rounds it gets sucked up into this kevlar and they float up off the ground and then you're just thinking holy shit oh my god it's a fucking face peeler and you run off and these guys just keep on working their racket Well, the gangs are hoping to invoke fear in locals to keep them inside their homes so they can continue their illegal gold mining. But thankfully now, the Peruvian government are actually on the case, slowly bringing down these members one by one. 
Hey, like, I don't want to talk a lot of shit because I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but there was uh, a guy that you somehow, I'm going to be very ba- vague on how you knew him. Mm-hmm. It was either, like, college buddy or a high school buddy that you got reacquainted with, and he's like, I'm building Iron Man armor in my garage and the government's trying to get me. Like, you don't remember telling me that story? Uh... I do remember telling you that story. Yeah, we'll talk more off the air because, yeah, that's a whole thing. <laughs> if, that, if, if, that yes, back, yes. if that backyard boomhauer can make Iron Man in his Iron Man suit in his garage, <laughs> I'm just saying like these guys in the Peruvian jungle can you know have like dollar store Green Goblin armor, um, right? Uh, we need to do we need to do the investigation on it. I can't remember which crop circle sighting it was, but this guy loaded everything into a computer. So he took the mm-hmm. series of the crop circles, loaded them into the computer, and then ran them through a 3D printer. And it basically was the schematics to some type of like machine or device that he felt would either A, be a spacecraft that was faster than light travel, mm-hmm. or like that m- movie with Jodie Foster, uh, would open up like a, a wormhole and allow them to travel. And uh, he tried to get, um, you know, kickstart money to be able to build this thing, but didn't make it very far. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with aliens in the news and everything that's going on, I, I think, uh, you know, a couple episodes from now, we should deep dive some crop circle shit because I, I think there's something to it, man. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, that's man. A, that's, my, that's my contribution to tonight's episode, plus dick talk. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> and alien. Oh, there, there's the actual, there's the actual title for the episode: TikTok and alien TikTok. Jesus. Um. So now let's talk to Lazarus here a little bit. He says that yeah. Do you know how much money it would cost to even pretend to have that kind of technology? Um. More than you'd need to actually go for a psyop for a gold mine. So the thing is, like, if you remember a couple years ago, you had the jetpack man in California. That dude that had the jetpack like the fucking Rocketeer who's just buzzing around down in California. I don't think it would cost as much money as you might think it would. And I say you meaning the royal you, not you specifically, buddy. But I mean, I don't think it's going to cost that much. That kind of technology is not that hard to make. It's dude, hard to get it to the, fly. That, speaking of backyard boomhowers, that one guy in fucking mm-hmm. Arizona uh, got the money to build a rocket so that he could prove that the Earth wasn't flat. Now, granted, it, it exploded and took him with it, you know, a couple mm-hmm, hundred feet mm-hmm. above his house. But, I mean, he scrapped up the cash to make a homemade rocket. So, homemade jetpacks? Dude, that's nothing. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it would cost a fair bit. But at the same time, like, we're not talking about buzzing through a bunch of trees like the Rocketeer. These guys are only reportedly flying, you know, two or three feet off the ground, just kind of hovering just enough to scare the shit out of people. Um I think it's pretty plausible. It could be something else, but I think it's pretty plausible to have a bunch of thugs with these fucking, you know, elitists who have money and deep pockets to just be funding all this stuff and saying, yeah, go get me some gold, dude, and see what else you can get down there. Because all we know is they're just farming gold. There could be other precious metals down there or other artifacts or whatever, you know, extinct animals, all sorts of kind of stuff. Well, the crux of the episode that got us buzzing today is late last night, my buddy Seth sent me some stuff from up in New Hampshire and Preston. I woke up this morning and you had sent me a couple of videos as well. And a few listeners pegged me with a couple more articles about this. 
we got to talk about what happened yesterday on September 12, 2023. A journalist and researcher on the topic of UAPs apparently just presented the physical remains of a supposed non-human being to lawmakers in Mexico yesterday during the country's first public congressional hearing on the topic of UAPs, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. But he didn't just present one body, folks. He presented two. The man's name is Jaime Masson, a 70-year-old who studied journalism at the National Autonomous University of Mexico and also Miami University in Ohio. And he's been a reporter for a number of different Mexican news outlets, including El Sol de Mexico, XEX Radio, Televisa, and Domingo Amingo. He also has been known for his reporting on extraterrestrial life for many decades. Well, Jaime apparently brought two separate boxes containing what he said were the small, stuffed bodies of extraterrestrials recovered in Peru back around 2017. Now, he claims that carbon-14 dating carried out by the National Autonomous University of Mexico had determined that the remains were between 700 and 1,800 years old. We'll split the difference and say 1,000 years. Each of the two figures has only three fingers on each hand, with elongated heads that kind of look a little bit like a dollar store E.T. Hold on, though. I'm going to interject here mm -hmm. real quick. Did you flash that picture up? Uh, I didn't, I didn't make it that far tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, fair. Yeah. Everybody Google. Uh, yeah, Google. So here's here's the thing. Like, I know that we're probably going to start discussing about, like, you know, that they're that this could possibly be a hoax, but you brought up that they had elongated skulls, right? And up, mm -hmm. up in the mountains in Peru, um, there have been several mummified bodies of uh, a larger humanoid with an elongated skull, um, and mm -hmm. they've dubbed them the Paraxin. And so there's been some debate going on for a very long time on whether or not that uh, this is something akin to the African tribes that would head bind mm -hmm. that would cause the skull to elongate or if this mm -hmm. were, you know, alien bodies. Right. But then we get these yeah. reports throughout the years of these smaller uh, humanoids with elongated skulls that uh, aren't human size. They're more like dwarf size. Right. And mm -hmm. so uh, they finally found uh, some well-preserved Paraxin skulls that still had tissue, still had something that where they could get a DNA test. And it was human, but it wasn't, you know, Neanderthal, wasn't Cro-Magnum, it wasn't Denisovan. Mm -hmm. So instead of admitting that it could have been like an alien hybrid, uh, could have been something, you know, genetically done to it. Uh, they're just like, it's an offshoot of humanity, but it shows that it wasn't bound skulls. This wasn't skull binding, that this was something in their DNA that caused this because all paraxins have a special genetic code, um, and all of them have elongated skulls. So now we have these two mm -hmm. mummified bodies maybe paper mache dummies but they're smaller could be pinatas right could yeah. be pinatas but uh, they do have the elongated skull and they're from the same area as the paraxin skulls and the paraxians that uh, science you know 
dodged a bullet a couple of years ago were like, well, it's just another offshoot of humanity. It was basically like your 10th cousin, Jerry, at, uh, you know, the family <laughs> picnic. Right, right. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Soapbox. You're good. Now, do you have any way to get those photos up, or did we miss that opportunity? <sighs> no, give me a minute. Let me... If it's me... if it's too difficult, I don't want you to have to go through the stress and the struggle, but let me know when you get them up there, buddy. Okay, um, okay. Jaime said, this is the first time extraterrestrial life is being presented in such a form, and I think there's a clear demonstration that we are dealing with non-human specimens that are not related to any other species in the world urging lawmakers to consider the topic, which he said should not be viewed as a political topic, but instead should be treated like a topic for humanity. Can't say I disagree. It's also found that 30% of the specimen's DNA is unknown. While both corpses were said to have implants of rare metals like osmium, which one body also contained eggs inside, according to the experts who also testified. He said DNA evidence could prove the specimens were not of this planet, but it wasn't clear if any such tests had been carried out. So I feel like some of these statements kind of contradict themselves, but I mean, 30% of the DNA is unknown. You know, I don't know. I'll put on my tinfoil hat and just roll with it. But once Preston gets those pictures up, or if you lovely people just do a quick Google search, it's pretty... Um, sad that these things also kind of look like paper mache like when et almost died but you ordered it off a wish like they're pretty goofy looking the faces are kind of mushed up long necks their bodies look kind of like they're flaked and in a couple articles it did say these bodies were quote-unquote stuffed like he just skinned them and preserved them so i don't know maybe he used rolled up newspaper it's hard to say anywho's what exactly could they be one current popular belief is that the bodies have actually been known about for several years and are thought to possibly be the bodies that were found in the Nazca Peru tomb ratings. But they aren't thought to be extraterrestrial in nature, but instead, presto possibly, they are confirmed to be human remains having been sacrificially bound, mutilated, and purposely deformed for ritualistic nature due to various sacrificial rituals. See, apparently Russian researchers responsible for finding the three-fingered alien mummy in a Peruvian tomb claimed that the unidentified creature appeared to be human, but they don't think they could be. The purported alien cadavers were retrieved from Cusco, Peru, and they said these aren't beings that were found after a UFO wreckage, says Masson. They would be found in a diatom mine and later fossilized. The startling discovery was made back in 2017 by researchers from St. Petersburg, who, upon examining the bodies of the mummies, reached the conclusion that they have different anatomical structures to that of a human. Also worth noting during this trial, Jaime also showed a March 5, 2004 FLIR video of 11 UAPs recorded by Mexican Air Force pilots who claimed that these were the first FLIR videos ever to be released by any government, allegedly given to Jaime by the then Secretary of Defense Ricardo Clemente Vega Garcia. Jaime also introduces Robert Salas, who talked about the connection to nuclear power and how in 1945, three separate UAPs were downed by microwave radars near Los Alamos and how the U.S. just released a map of UAP hotspots, including Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and Fukushima. And of course, that's a tale as old as time, talking about UFOs and UAPs and everything near nuclear sites. I got your, I got your 
fucking photos up. Oh, you're Best. the coolest. Bastard. Hey, look, I know you were under some distress yeah. earlier, and I just want to say thank you for getting those pictures up for me. Um, well, the, the, the first one there we'll get to in a second. Disregard the top picture there. But the other two you see kind of look like a dried-up E.T. or maybe that big-eyed alien that was on uh, Men in Black Part 1. They definitely look funky. They're definitely kind of tiny and shriveled up, maybe fossilized, maybe um, stuffed. I don't know. They look pretty artificial to me. But you got to think. You got to think about the conditions up in the Peruvian mountains and the humidity. Yeah. And so now you have a a body that potentially is naturally preserved. It's going to look like fucking dried up beef jerky after eight hundred, nine hundred, a <laughs> thousand years. So like. The, the, the fact like that it kind of looks like ET doesn't really mean much yeah. because you're losing mm-hmm. some of the muscle structure around the nose and some of the facial features. You're losing that the 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 muscle underneath the chin. So I mean, what happened if you had, you know, like okay, let's I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, and it, they're not fucking mm-hmm. aliens. Let's just say that. Uh, you know, like uh, the Denisovans, the Neanderthals, and Cro-Magnum, the Paraxins were an offshoot of humanity, mm-hmm. right? We have little people um, in Neanderthals. We have little people in Cro-Magnum. So could sure. that not have been a midget version of a Paraxin? And then as it mummified, like, and the, the muscles and the skin shrank and deteriorated, like, that's what you get? Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily fake. I, I would say that, uh, you know... If you had a midget version of something that looked like that and you mummified it and it lost its muscle tone and definition, they would look like what you see <laughs> right, laying right. on that fucking table. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right. And Lazarus brings up a good point, too. How do you take apart a mummy and restuff it? It would just fall apart. So, yeah. Yeah, very good point. What these things remind me of is, I don't know if you have any Doctor Who fans out there watching or hey, listening, but, but it reminds what? me. No, no, no. Then those, remember those mummies that we covered on the, that uh, one episode, the, the black mummies, uh, where uh, they were yeah, in some South mummies. The Yeah, they fucking basically skinned that person took the the skin stuffed it with whatever mm-hmm. and then mummified it with mud so that i mean it wasn't like there was a whole body in that 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 skin sleeve you know it was yeah uh, but did they did they did they take apart the mummy or take apart the human and stuff them and let them shrivel up they took apart the human and then you know okay yeah they, this is different we're we're saying like these were mummies that were found and like bored out and, and shoved full of paper mache i see nah. what you're saying yeah that's how you make a mummy um, Lazarus is saying here that you took an actual mummy that's, you know, a thousand years old and you took it apart and tried to like <laughs> stuff it and preserve it. But I don't know if there's any Doctor Who fans watching or listening, but these remind me of the Slavine, which are those big bulbous farting aliens, only like you just let all the air out of them. Anyway, what I was saying previously was they also talked about a 2015 crash where they recovered 20 cadavers of supposed aliens having elongated head three fingers, and they were about 60 centimeters tall, with one body being about 1.7 meters tall, and three of the bodies from the crash were supposedly gestating eggs. The analyzed DNA of these didn't coincide with any species on the planet, so they don't really know what the fuck they were. But the third picture you have up there on the first and foremost one, this whole story also reminds me of the San Pedro Mountain Mummy, a.k.a. Pedro the Mystery Being. 
Of course, we talked about this in several episodes, but this is a mummy that was discovered in Wyoming back in the uh, 1930s. Had this really unusual features, you know, a small stature, little bitty shoulders, little bitty body, big elongated head. And for years, this thing was thought to be involved in, you know, ufology as well as African American, I mean, uh, Native American folklore and also cryptozoology. And this thing was just thought to be maybe some kind of like tiny little alien guy. Um, the quick kind of spark notes on that was back in October of 1932. Um, while digging in the San Pedro Mountains um, in Carbon County, Wyoming, Cecil Maine and Frank Carr blasted their way through some rock and found this weird cave. Inside of that, they found these two little bitty short-statured mummies. Uh, the room of the cave was only like a four-foot by four-foot wide, you know, block, but it was so well-preserved, this thing was just sitting there. Um, other than being kind of shriveled up, was pretty much fully intact. They did x-rays and found this thing to be an anencephalic infant. So, you know, again, a baby with just, you know, water on the brain, so to speak. Um, and DNA testing, along with carbon testing, showed eventually it would have been a Native American human um, dating back to around 1700 and something. Um, but according to an article written back in 1979, the first mummy started debates over whether or not this could have been a hoax, a baby, or one of the legendary little people found in Wyoming. Now, sadly, the mummy ends up going to, like, a drugstore in Wyoming where it's shown off as an attraction and then later sold to another guy and another guy and a carnival and another guy. Eventually, a businessman got a hold of it, and it just kind of disappeared into the ether. But that's what these mummies kind of remind me of, is old Pedro the Mystery Bean. But you know what else it reminds me of, Presto Buddy, as we kind of get the epilogue to the episode? Lay it on me, baby. It also reminds me of our old buddy Rick Dyer, two-time Bigfoot body hoaxer. <laughs> yeah, dude, I uh, I really got into this episode. Uh, back on August 12, 2008, Matthew Wilton and Rick Dyer released a press release saying that they had found a Bigfoot and they had the body in their possession. After accidentally, quote-unquote, leaking granny footage that showed Bigfoot, they presented the carcass encased in a block of ice at a conference that was only to be open to the press. They announced that they had found a 7-foot, seven 7-inch seven tall creature while hiking in the North Georgia mountains in June of the same year. They also said that they had spotted about three other similar creatures after making the discovery. Now, Rick went on to say it took them about a day and a half with six men to carry out the Bigfoot, all the while being followed by the other Bigfoot creatures watching. Tom Bascari joined Witten and Dyer for the news conference later, saying, Last weekend, I touched it. I measured its feet. I felt the intestines. And it's authentic. As it thought out, however, the claim began to unravel as a giant hoax. Because if you're smarter than I, or Preston maybe, you'd make a fake Bigfoot, you'd encase it in a big block of ice. Just kidding, we're not that stupid. But what a way to hide a Bigfoot hoax, right? Look, you make if, a I'm, big gonna, stuffed if I'm gonna make a fake Bigfoot and go to the trouble to uh, put it in a block of ice and try to make it look <laughs> authentic and convince you that yeah, I found yeah. the fucking thing, I'm gonna give it a Bigfoot-sized Johnson and not like a fucking Greek Sashi-sized Johnson, right? That's what gave yeah. it away. That's what it's gave tiny it away. Pecker. It's tiny little Yeah, the fake little, like, there's you... no way that a body that size is rocking a pecker that big. Like, that's that's not that's not how Mother Nature works, right? Like, we talk about the golden ratio. <laughs> like, everything is proportional. Like, you can't have a huge body and a teeny tiny pecker, right? That's not how that works. 
I'm just saying. You really are into dick talk this episode, aren't you? <laughs> well, Jerry Perino shows up to the scene, owner of the internet Halloween costume retailer, thehorrordome.com, and just said, yeah, I saw pictures of that thing, and uh, it's definitely one of our Bigfoot costumes. And upon further inspection, it was confirmed the corpse, in quotes, was in fact a costume stuffed with possum roadkill, entrails, and slaughterhouse leftovers. National Geographic would go on to call the hoax a short-lived one, as the whole affair only lasted about a week, maybe a little less. And upon being exposed, Dyer said that an unnamed government agency confiscated the Bigfoot body, and then he had to replace it with something quick, or else he was going to lose a little street cred, so he fabricated the substitute body and shoved it inside a block of ice. Because, I mean, that's going to keep you a little ways away, right? You're not going to be able to get up there and touch it if it's in a giant block of ice. But holy shit, I'd like to think we were smarter than that. Well, this is like the third but, fucking time that he's faked the Bigfoot body um, and, <laughs> and just pass it off as, like, no, fuck you, Rick. Fuck you. Yeah. I know it's at least twice because, again, folks... Dyer didn't disappear off into the woods like Bigfoot. No, no, no. He came back around 2012, claiming to have finally killed Bigfoot. According to Dyer, he lured Bigfoot using pork ribs from Walmart doused in a special barbecue sauce that he attached to trees. Man, my Bigfoot likes to tell... chicken wings and peanut butter, and I go out there and I just layer that thing up. And I'm like, here, Bigfoot, come on, motherfucker, come get your chicken wings. <laughs> he said we nailed the pork ribs around the trees, and then that night we heard Bigfoot come back. So I chased him down in the middle of the night, shot him once, and he ran. And I shot him again. He claimed that the unnamed university in Washington state had tested the creature's DNA and told Dyer it was an unknown species. Dyer's accomplice and self-proclaimed Bigfoot skeptic Alan Isleb, also known as Musky Allen, claimed to have inspected Dyer's Bigfoot in Las Vegas later on in 2013 and proclaimed this was the real deal. That's got to be the worst fucking nickname, like, in, like you know, <laughs> Musky, Musky Allen. Allen. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, hey, real quick, Lazarus says that this story is more believable than, so think about, <laughs> think about this, a Bigfoot with a micro penis is more mm-hmm. believable than fucking people in the jungle with dollar store <laughs> jetpacks. And uh, dying E.T. wish pinatas. Yeah, I get it, man. Why do you think I tacked on this second story about Rick Dyer onto the end of those aliens? <laughs> That's what it all reminds me of. Anyway, the claim resulted in a lot of people getting sucked into Dyer's scam. Dyer called the creature Hank and started touring the body around the U.S., charging people to see it. Now, to view the body, which lay beneath plexiglass in this case so the ice wouldn't melt... Inside a wooden coffin, adults were charged 10 bucks and children $5 to take a look at old Hank. The tour sold out and eventually it closed in around $500,000. Now, of course, Dyer stated DNA, DNA sequencing, scans, autopsies, and everything you can imagine are being done now. Critics soon pointed out that Dyer had pulled off a Bigfoot hoax back in 2008, record skip, and called Dyer out to release more open testing. Then, throughout the course of the hoax, Dyer repeatedly slandered anyone who spoke about him. Many suggested this tactic was once again proof that Dyer was hoaxing folks once more. So blah, 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 responding to controversy, a team 
working with Dyer on touring the Bigfoot Project over, confronted Dyer. And finally, Andrew Clacy, a spokesperson for the project, wrote, I confronted Mr. Dyer in Daytona on my suspicions of authenticity, and he admitted to me personally the body of Hank was not a real body, but rather a construct of a company from Washington State which was paid for by Rick Dyer. Now, I'm available and willing to cooperate with any federal and state law enforcement investigations should they arise. Because apparently, I guess the FBI did investigate this shit as well. Anyway, with his crew leaving him, Dyer announced on his Facebook page that Hank was indeed fake. Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box in Washington admitted later he manufactured Hank at Dyer's request using latex, foam, and camel hair. Dyer told Russell the prop was for a movie about killing Bigfoot that he was shooting, and he also wanted a baby Bigfoot and a female to be created as well. Russell started receiving threatening phone calls, emails, and other contact for making the prop up, and so he decided against making the rest of the family in the whole shebang. Uh, Lazarus says, what's that say about Bigfoot if if the FBI decided to investigate it? No, I totally agree, because there were all those reports of when Mount St. Helen fucking exploded, they, mm-hmm, like, had all mm-hmm. those Bigfoot bodies that were burned up, and the FBI had to go in and, like, you know, make the Forest Park Service people be like, shut your fucking mouth and go bury them fucking bodies out in the forest. You never saw a goddamn thing. <laughs> right. God damn it, Bigfoots are fake. Yep. Well, this guy, I'll see here. Uh, that's, that's, uh, 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 Russell stated, I was asking to make the prop look like a poorly made old rotten taxidermy prop that had not been preserved correctly. Dyer sent, I sent photos in and drawings to take from the internet to ask how certain features could be replicated. Anyway, Dyer maintains that he actually does have the body of a real Bigfoot that he shot and killed but can't produce it. Of course, because, yeah. Don't worry, guys. Trust me. So, here's the thing. Rick Rick Dyer, if you're listening, direct all your hate mail to Preston at PixelatedParanormal.com, not Sean. (laughs) I will I will say because you have because of your mischievous ways and your lies, you have uh-huh. broken the heart of this fox molder right here. So, Rick uh-huh. Dyer, because of all of all of your hoaxes and Bigfoot's my boy is what I'm saying. So I hope that you choke <laughs> on a bag of salty dicks, you piece of shit. Oh, shucky dang darns. Yeah. Well, he maintains he really does still have a Bigfoot body he shot and killed, but he's not able to produce it. And later on his Facebook page, he said, From this moment on, I will speak the truth! Exclamation point. No more lies, tall tales, or wild goose chases to mess with the haters. I never treated anyone bad. I'm a joker. I play around, and that's just me. So I'm coming clean about everything which is necessary for a new start. From this moment on, I will speak the truth. No more lies, tall tales, or wild goose chases. That's back from back in 2014. Oh, boy. Nope. Anyway, back... I, I'm still hmm? salty about it. My, my heart yeah, hurts. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too, I, buddy. I stand by what I said. Me too. Oh, man, I think... Babe, are you in the hallway? Huh. I might have a ghost I... in the house, y'all. No, so... It... You see that? Oh, that's my okay. Never mind. That's my wife. Baby, just scared the heck out of me. I saw your reflection in the mirror behind or in the window behind me. I thought there was like an eight foot tall person outside the window. And I was like, "Babe, are you in the hallway?" And you didn't answer because I think you're in the kitchen. And I looked. I was like, "Preston, no, up here." And then I saw you reach up. I was like, "Oh God!" It's just you turning the light off. Okay, thanks. Bye.
<laughs> anyway, oh, I love it. That was on camera too. Now back to Jaime. Apparently back in 2017, the ufologist was involved in an inquiry into six three-fingered mummies which were discovered near Nazca, Peru. Researchers concluded that the fossilized corpses found in the Peruvian tomb were not human and they were also not a hoax. The largest mummy in this group was called Maria. She was found to be female and dated back somewhere around the 5th century at roughly 1,700 years old. A nine-month-old child named Vivita and four male mummies were also found. But apparently these were all later to be discovered to be that of the mummified remains of six human children. So Jaime's credibility is also being called into action much like Dyer because it sounds like he's been involved, at least indirectly, in yet another UFO alien body hoax. Yeah, So, but he's finding these deformed bodies that don't mm-hmm. quite look human. And mm-hmm. he's, he's not, but he's not taking, like, he's not going down to the, the fucking, you know, costume shop and be like, hey, Jerry, you got any of them uh, fake rubber children? Can you go ahead and shove some possum guts in it and, uh, you know, maybe uh, blowtorch it, make it look like fried jerky or something, and then pass it (laughs) off? No, he's presenting actual mummies, like, that are human, but they're so mouth, you know, deformed, whatever, that he's like, I don't know, they look alien, I I think they're aliens. He's just wrong. He's not producing fake shit and passing it off as a real thing. He's giving you real mummies that he's just a fucking idiot because he doesn't know the difference between a fucking, you know, malformed midget Peruvian child and an alien. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make him a hoaxer. That just makes him a fucking idiot. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Correct. So everybody's like, this is all (sighs) fake. No, fuck it. It just means that he just jumped the gun a little bit. He got too excited. I I, I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, look at this little baby body I found in the desert, y'all. It don't look like no no more human being. This is a little alien guy. And then they're like, it's, it's not, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's not alien. Like, it's fucking mummified, mm-hmm. malformed child. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, look, I found a mummy, y'all. Look at that. Goddamn. <laughs> I mean, it's still cool to find a mummy, and it sure beats the pants off of a uh, half-decayed rubber Bigfoot costume full of dead possums and roadkill. I mean, I'll, I'm on Jaime. Team Jaime all day, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not Team Dyer. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, forget that noise, man. Well, that about concludes it for this episode, um, because I want to keep an eye on this window and see if there's any more eight-foot-tall humanoids coming to get me. Yeah. Well, thank you again, everybody, for watching along. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank you guys for following us on the Instagram. If you're on social media, check us out on Instagram. We are at PXL Paranormal. And right now we're at 968 followers. So we are slowly just ever so closely encroaching that 1,000 listener landmark which is fantastic. We're super stoked about that. If you're on Facebook, give us a follow. We are the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter. I don't do much with that. Presto, how are we doing over there on the YouTubes? Has the needle budged? No. So we're still at 275, <laughs> but Fair. we did gain like two followers on Rumble. Uh, I think we 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 have one follower on Kick, but fuck that. Who cares? Nice, dude. It's just something for me to you know add. Mm-hmm. But if you are watching us on Kick... Uh, dude, fucking subscribe to that shit. Come on, what are you doing? Just 
watching and not subscribing. <laughs> That's like a fucking peeping Tom yeah. in the bushes, man. Click that like and subscribe button yeah. so we know who you are. Um, <laughs> well, that's shit. That's all I got, really. You know, nice. Like, that works for like, anybody. Like, subscribe, smash that button. God dang it! <laughs> Look, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that'll take away from the fact that the rod doesn't match the rest of the body, um, <laughs> one way to do that: BigDobsBeardBomb.com. That's right. Use promo code PXLPARA for twenty percent off your order. Again, that's P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your order. You can find yourself scents like Bay Rum, Fresh, Citrus, Mint, Classic, and Sweet Tobacco. I, you know, float back mm-hmm. in between Bay Rum and Sweet Tobacco. Uh, I mean, it's a fucking, it's a fucking sexy-ass beard. And sometimes uh, mm-hmm. when uh, we go to functions and I'm out in public with Sean, I just kind of ninja on up and get very close and i'm not gonna lie i sniffed that man mame and i'm like god <laughs> damn it that smells good what the fuck is that oh yeah that's the shit that i put in my beer so anyways yeah. get it all get it adopted. <laughs> there you go all right if you're in the wichita area stop by see our dear friend leslie and the rest of the gang at cd trade post pawnee and seneca if you're in the mood for a little snack or a little meal check out pixel uh, i'm sorry jesus see yeah i need to lay off the sauce tonight wow check out Paranormal Egg Experience Food Truck or Paranormal.Cafe Restaurant. Okay, so before I stumble over anything else, I'd like to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us who love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown, tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.